Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Rise and shine, sports investors. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Monday, June 22nd. Let's cockadoodle do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane. This is my main man, Kevin Walsh. He helps me put the fun in functional sports content. Kevin, I don't know if we're going to have any fun when it comes to baseball. You know, my confidence meter grew last year with the idea of Manfred being able to deliver the schedule. Then we thought the players had the grievance kind of tool in their back pocket. Then it seemed again like they were playing nice in the sandbox. Tony Clark meeting with Manfred in Arizona. A lot of the beat reporters we've been following saying it's going to come I think over the weekend, though, we had another back and forth, right? They moved to 60 games. Players counter with 70 games. Now there's not going to necessarily be a proposal back. We'll see how this goes. But the time continues to tick away. I ultimately do still believe we're going to get like a 64 or 66 game season because if they're within range of 10, Mm. you got to figure they can find the landing spot. But maybe I'm crazy, Kev. How how are you reading these tea leaves? I'm about to throw up my hands at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're crazy because it's it's an insignificant amount. And in fact, uh, you know, all the big guns are out for baseball. It's been really interesting, right? You know, Bob Nightingale, Ken Rosenthal, yeah. uh, Buster Only, Jeff Pass. Yeah. Right. Like they're they're all Heyman, they're all kind of giving their notes. And I I struggle to remember which one. I believe though it was Buster Only, who was like you have to understand how foolish this is for them to be spending this much time. Okay, this is um, and I have yeah. So I have the two right here. He's talking about thirty franchises in the MLB have a combined value that runs in the neighborhood of fifty billion dollars, uh, and they're currently scrapping uh, over an additional hundred and fifty million dollars right. to make an offer to get to the middle ground that saves them from all of this embarrassment. And he used, you know, the, the good old phrase of penny wise, pound foolish. And I think it's I think it's well said. I think, I, you know, we've kind of long talked about the idea that the owners have been the ones who've been preaching share in the pain, but have really just been trying to get rid of all of the pain that could potentially be on their side. Like they won't heed their own ask. And what's this is where I think, again, like the idea of good faith negotiations this is essentially that 60 games full pro rated offer from the owners. Yeah. Realistically, Dane, it was the first real counter in terms of dollars. Everything else was the same dollar amount wrapped in a different piece of packaging. Yes. So that's why to me now the fact that, again, the players rightfully countered. And again, they dropped from, again, 89 full pro rated to 70. They, they, they came a long yeah. way down. And they started at 114. Yeah, they came a long way down. And the owners being like, this is unacceptable. We are so furious. We can't believe that they didn't on on the spot accept 60. I mean, it's, it's childish. It's childish to me. And it's certainly in bad faith. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, you're, 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 you're starting to introduce all those good legalese terms, right, Kev? Like the bad faith negotiations. And I think so, you know, I like what you're talking about, that it is short-sighted, right, to be haggling over uh, the pennies in this when you're then going to miss out on the opportunity for potential long-term dollars. I think this would have a long-term impact. Remember when there was the strike in 1994? It, maybe you don't remember that, but besides the point, it took until, you know, McGuire and Sosa really, in 98 to kind of get attention back on the sports chick dig the long ball we talk about this i really believe especially when sports like soccer like the fight game are escalating here in this country baseball really is playing with a slippery slope so we'll see what happens on that but i have a whole new brand of questions and reservations and 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 uh fears for you 
I don't know whether to call it a second wave or if the first wave just never stopped, Kev. But I think, you know, we are seeing spikes in a lot of states down south. And now when we're testing, we're starting to see this, right? Philadelphia Phillies are turning up. Forget about the Cowboys and the Texans. The Blue Jays have an issue. We're seeing members of the Angels test positive. And it's not like... We've known this for a while. The virus is not Republican or Democrat. The virus is not a basketball fan or a football fan. The virus doesn't care if you're in college or if you're a pro, right? We're seeing it in college now also. Clemson tested their entire staff and something between like eight, around 8% of everyone tested turned up positive. Like what is going to happen? Imagine if that's the rate, Kev, when NFL teams start to test all their players. We're starting to hear these little drips and drabs. The idea of having any kind of consistency, if you're going to have any kind of isolation or quarantine, this is a very interesting issue that I don't think anybody yet, any league, any scientist, any gut feeling has any actual clear policy on that can make everyone comfortable yeah so i think one of the things that we've seen just due to the sheer asymptomatic nature of the virus is that once people start testing this is inevitable like you can keep this in the back of your mind when the nba brings everybody to orlando and they do that initial round of testing there's going to be positive tests there's yeah. going to be positive tests yeah. from, from the initial testing period. And we're seeing that right now with baseball. I think the question is, and it's, it's, this is a sports-wide question. That's right. People get there, and you get the test, and you quarantine them, and then they come back, and they test positive. Is Have you now prevented pretty much anything that's going to be coming further along. And in the NBA's case, maybe if it's in a bubble that's secure. In Major League Baseball's case, though, Dane, I don't know. I, again, the one thing with baseball that I've been very consistent on is all we've talked about is a schedule. Right. And that is, the, and that is absolutely not all that needs to oh, be yeah. figured out. Absolutely. And that's why I've always had so much uncertainty about the return. Like, the health protocols, again, we don't know what the divisions look like. We don't know yeah. what the travel plans look like. You know, they recently said that they're going to be closing all of the spring training sites in both Arizona right. and Florida for deep cleaning. Again, like, okay. Companies and, and, and stores that have been, like, opening their stores in certain states are reclosing them right now. And, you know, Kev, I've always said it's almost like a tripod, right? There's the financial issues of returning to play. There's the health issues of returning to play. And then there's straight logistical issues of turning to play. And I've always been like, until all three of those boxes get checked, it's going to be very hard. And I don't know if you saw this Dr. Fauci came out yesterday and is, in essence, pouring cold water over all of this, Kevin, right? Remember when earlier in the week or last week it was like, oh, for baseball, they shouldn't go into October? And we talked about the NFL, and I've been saying for a while the NFL has, has the luxury of being able to follow the leader. Well, not so fast, right? Because the NFL is um, going with the kind of home market outdoor approach of baseball. Right. And Fauci is saying, I don't know if that's going to work when this next wave comes or in October. And he is now even more so saying that I don't know how the NFL can play this year if they don't also adopt some kind of a bubble approach. And when you're talking about 53 guys on a team instead of 12, when you're talking about one game a day and then quarantining them, them in a hotel for the other six days of the week, it's very, very tough. You talk about these percentages. I just got to say this. We've been talking about 1,200 people that the NBA are bringing and 1,600 people that the MLS is bringing, right? If I take just Clemson as a sample size and we're talking about, I don't know what, Kev, 7%, 8%? between five and 10%. Well, guess how many that winds up if you talk about 1,200 people, Kev? We're talking about 70 or 80 people, whether they're all players or family or support staff or coaches, I don't know, but that's a lot more, like that's a real issue than if it's like drips and drabs and a player here, like, 
are we pulling the wool over our eyes? I'm not trying to just paint this in a bad light for the NBA because of our organic back and forth that we've had for months. I know that's what it could sound like, but Kev, there is a real chance that come, you know, the 24th when players are declaring if they want to opt out or when the NHL tests everybody, right? Or when the NFL tests everybody, that there's like a significant chunk that has to be backed out more than we ever thought about. And what does that mean for competitive balance, the asterisk of it all, if this should happen? Yeah, so the thing is, right, I am not like naive to the concerns and the hurdles that the yeah. NBA still has to cross. I get, you know, again, we, we both do shows with Jared. I asked Jared the other day on, the, on uh, the, our basketball show at the network, Betting Around the Rim, what's your confidence in the NBA coming back? He dropped 98% on me. And I said, that's a preposterous number in a pandemic. That's just, that's like, I like forget all of the other things going on. That's just an outrageous number, right? And my number was never, well, has never, can't look like that it, while things are going on. But where the NBA, again, still has this edge to me, is the bubble idea seems to be the way to go. Again, we, you know. I'll give you that. We can only kind of base those things off. But this is the, this is kind of the issue with, so though Florida, right, is now becoming somewhat of a hotbed. So there's this idea of, do they want to travel there? Yeah, do players want to fly into Orlando? As messy as it might be, if the NBA were to say, all right, you know what, we've got to go to Indiana or we have to go here. Now, I'm not saying that that's an easy fix, right? But they're doing the bubble thing, okay? Major League Baseball, oh, yeah, by the way, I refuse to play the Rays. I refuse to play the Marlins. We're not showing up to play the Diamondbacks. Right. Oh, that's not good. Oh, this is a, this is a massive issue that we've not even remotely broached. And I guess... The way you kind of broke it down into three parts, right? There's like, there's the, the house, tripod. Yeah. There's like the logistics and all of the. So it's like, okay, here's a schedule. Cool. How's the health? Okay, great. Who's coming? And we have not, again, we've not even checked box one. And I think this is something that, again, what feels like we've been talking about for six years at the minimum sure. now. Um, but we've, we've long wondered, right? Like, how many things are settled already? Like, is this the last hurdle? Is this the first hurdle? Right. I, again, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think that if, like, you know, people are like, oh, the NBA figured out a format before they figured out this. From what we, it almost seems like you have to figure that out first before you try anything else, which again, to me would suggest that baseball is in phase one. If you want to go through phases of reopening, baseball is in phase one, which has been an utter disaster. And you mean to tell me that they're going to have to figure out phases two and three? Yeah, that's, no, that's not tough. great. I, I you listen, and I think my premise has always been like, until all three are figured out, I don't have confidence, right? <laughs> kind of thing because, and we've seen how this can be kind of like the monkey wrench in different sports, right? Like in baseball, the money is a big monkey wrench. In football, maybe the maybe the health part with equipment and stuff is a big monkey wrench. Maybe the logistics are a big monkey wrench here in the NBA, but. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in here on the early line. Kevin and I, we've been going through, you know, we've had our perspectives. Kevin, for weeks now, right? But it's, 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 I hate to say it, it's, it's almost been like a fool's errand to try to figure it out. You know what I mean, Kev? Because then I guess it's just so hard when we're talking about like a union, right? Mm -hmm. That someone's going to have an issue, whether it's a coach that's above 65 years old or a family member of someone or the pay is imbalanced or Fauci's saying this or the Orlando airport is not something I want to deal with or, you know, there's just so many issues at play here that it's really going to be hard to find a like one size fits all solution. And then I really believe what we have at the horizon we haven't crossed yet is 
how many players are going to opt out, right? Like how many NBA players are going to say no? How many baseball players are like, nah, I'm going to go to the KBO instead. Some of the Scott Boris clients are saying that already. Remember, there were rumors of Matt Harvey wanting to go to the KBO. We've seen that Addison Russell, the former infielder of the Chicago Cubs, has in fact signed a contract with the KBO being like, at least I can get my reps in across the pond. Um, and there's more details you're saying about what could be a landing spot for Major League Baseball. Yeah, so Bob Nightingale, again, I have to be honest with you, and maybe I'm exposing myself here. I've not heard really of Bob Nightingale until a lot of this. Like, now, maybe... Bob, baseball ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, like, Bob Nightingale, like, credit to him, like, crushing <laughs> it. Like, absolutely crushing it. He's now, it. like, your new woge for baseball? He's, I mean, look, I mean, the thing is, like, Passon's kind of got the leg up due to this. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Bob Nightingale's over at the USA Today, and he's just like, hey, by the way, like, the divisions change, whatever. But Bob Nightingale, um, he said that if there's an agreement made between the two sides, it is likely 62 games with a 16-team postseason. And he said if there's no agreement, perhaps it'll be 60 games with a 10-team postseason. And he said things should be uh, decided probably later today. We'll see uh, how, you know, Manfred can kind of slip things in. and um, Right. They ain't going to do it on Father's Day, right? There wouldn't be a Father's Day present for everybody? No, they I have mean, to wait until today? I mean, also, I think, you know, <laughs> that, that, them getting anything done earlier than, uh, maybe, it'll be, <laughs> maybe it'll be Tuesday. Uh, we'll see. The thing for me is, I mean, again, there's a couple of angles there, but 60 and 70. Now, listen, I know I botched this math once, uh, this math once before. Yeah, what's in between 60 and 70, Kevin? But it's 65, okay? Right you know what I mean? The thing is, it's not 62, right? So the idea, like, fine, here's two more games. But, but boy, are they making it. Because from what we have come to understand is that they make their money in the postseason. Correct. So, so does, I mean, so does basketball. So do all the sports. Oh, no, no. What I'm saying is that them giving them two games and then getting six extra teams in the gotcha. postseason yeah, yeah, yeah. is a yeah. significant. They're getting an extra round of the playoffs. That's a lot more than four games in the regular season for money. Right. Let's put it that way, yeah. And how, I mean, how many make it? Currently, there's three division winners, two wild cards. Right? So, right now, Major League Baseball is 10 out of 30. Yeah. A third with this proposal going to 16 teams. It would get to be more like the NBA and the NHL, which invites over 50% of the league to the playoffs. In the NHL and the NBA, I believe in both cases, it's 16 out of 30, right? More than 50%. This is moving now also to be 16 out of 30 instead of what was 10 in the NFL. They're also growing. It used to be 12 out of 32. This year it's growing to be 14 out of 32, but that's still less than half. Sure. Um, I think, the look, and you can take it how you want, are, are the players going to be that satisfied with 62? I mean, do you not counter with 68? Like, and say, hey, what's the middle of that? I, I'm still on the ball here now. There you we, go. We, we've, Your like, math is on point here on a Monday morning. Here's yeah. what I here's the, here's another ripple effect that I honestly don't know, Kev. You know, we've pontificated before about things like in a 60 game season, where's the trading deadline? Is there a trading deadline? When is the like super two deadline when you can call up those rookies? Remember, like that always happens in like the middle of June without the year of service time. So another thing. Honestly, Kev, and I'm not trying to be silly, but in Major League Baseball, series are usually three or four games. In a condensed season, when they're going to have to do all this travel and stuff in the scope of, is the default going to be a two-game set? Or And if that's the case, then no, Kevin, we can't get to 65. Then it's going to have to be an <laughs> even number of games, right? Yeah. That's why I always thought the 66 was possible because you could have the two and three game sets. But I honestly don't know that, right? Like, I honestly don't know if this schedule is going to still have two series in a week or if they're going to try and make it up by having little mini series. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not sure if there is a financial reason that teams would want to turn their individual lights on in terms of their stadiums. If I had to guess, and I prefer not to, if I had to, I would almost guess that it would be financially beneficial for them not to turn those lights on. Now, yeah, then they got to pay all the staff for the stadium so staff. So. My thing is, if the schedule is going to limit travel significantly, right? Um, we saw a proposal the other day, I believe, by Jason Stark, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, kind of about the very limited um, interplay that you would see, a very, very limited right. stretch. I don't see why baseball doesn't invest in four neutral site 
locations. In bubbles? Or, or three, I guess, right? You need an east, a west, yeah. central. That's it. I mean, at one point, remember, there's been so many shifting proposals, but at one point, remember, that's how it was going to be. At yeah. one point, I think also from Bob Nightingale, there was like the East, the Central, and the West, but that the West was going to play in Arizona, right. the East was going to play in Florida, and the Central was going to play down in Texas. Well, I don't want to go to Arizona, Texas, or Florida these days, given yeah. what those curves in those sure. states look like. Remember, those were going to be like the Southern kind of uh, back pocket answer in case um, there was a spike being like, oh, where the weather's warm and it's summertime, it'll be better. But that doesn't seem, based on the way we've handled it state by state, that doesn't and seem to be the safest places. I, so I'll, I'll throw this out as an option, right? If you're, again, if, if the West is really going to only intertwine with the West, East, Central, yeah. so on and so forth, right? You could do a scenario where the American League East only plays in City Field. Yeah. The National League East only plays in Yankee Stadium. The National League West plays where the Angels play. The National League East plays where, or the American League yeah. West plays where the Dodgers play. Like, you can, like, and that way, because you don't want to have the whole home field advantage thing. You're right. trying to obviously cut that out as much as possible. I think that might be a more efficient way to do this and try and maybe get six neutral site locations if you will and then everybody splits the bill but I, like and th this is the thing right I'm neutral to... sites or bubbles because those are different kev they are i mean i guess there'd be no reason for them to leave and you'd probably have to provide hotels so i guess it would be bubble-esque so now and i know and this and look i'm certainly uh, stepping up in over my head by even no, I, suggesting this, right? No, I know. Because we're we're, we're brainstorming a, here. And that, yeah. to be quite honest, and the funny part is, that's what they're doing behind closed doors too, Kev. You know, nobody knows this. This is brand new territory for everyone. And unfortunately, it's not like the XFL where we're on even footing with the handicappers and the books and having the same information is a good thing. Here, we have the same information and nobody knows a damn thing, right? So as yeah. soon as you go into that, arena of what needs to happen my immediate counter is what you're going to quarantine these players away from their families for four months and that's the same exact thing that mike trout even though he's in his 20s said as the face of baseball he ain't gonna do that's the same reason i think the bubble approach in football is hard because they're gonna play once a week what do they do the other six days and what are you gonna do not allow that child you know to leave to go to school like, I, I, I don't know. And, and I, I don't yeah. want any kid, I don't want any teammate that's got a kid going to public school in my locker room. Right. No, 100%. And the, but the thing is, like, without the bubble they currently have, they're, they're opening themselves up to all of these things. And also, something that I know they can, I mean, it's almost impossible for them to worry about this but I'll then do it for them. And it's not as yeah. much as a worry as much as something they'll need to figure out is when September comes and you have the NFL with fans in the stands, 50% capacity maybe, you're telling me that they're not going to look to put fans in the stands? And then what? What does that now mean for revenue? I don't know. How is that going to be negotiated? How is that going to be figured out? But there's no way they leave it on the table because it's too hard to figure out who gets what, right? I mean, look, just grab the buried treasure and we'll figure out who gets what gold bars when we get back. Like, but that's, that's a I thing. I kind of fear, you talk about confidence. What if my confidence is just dropping to zero all over the place? For what? Like, just everything? I, I, I hate to be in this doomsday way, but Kevin, nobody has figured out how to do this. Yeah. The I mean, MLS is giving it a shot, but they are not giving a season a shot. You know, they're giving a three-week right. tournament a, a shot. Tournament. Individual sports like the UFC, I understand how that can happen. I understand how the ponies can go on. I understand how a golf event can potentially take place. I don't truly know how team sports are going to work while you still have spikes happening in europe they flatten the curve america has not kevin and that's the part like you can say hey they'll do what bundesliga is doing and premier league is doing right. that's one thing 
but they have flattened their curve. We are not in the we don't have the luxury of being able to do that because still in this country, people are in a valid way still concerned about travel, about people not following distancing guidelines or wearing masks. That's still in play. I don't know if you saw Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, right? He gave commentary in an interview where he was literally like, I, I just don't get it. I'm not trying to be difficult, but... I don't know how we do this. How do we play football and be socially distant? We've kind of laughed at some of these things we've seen, washing the sneakers, the equipment, you know. No one has fully crossed these horizons yet, Kev, in this well, country. That and and that's maybe the you know, it's it's a it's an it's a big issue that's out there. Is like you know, you are we have... forcing a square peg into a round hole? I think the problem is, right? And it's hard for people to look at the Bundesliga and not be like, well, oh, us too. But the problem is there's a lot of people that have absolutely refused to take this serious through the entire time. I, here's the, right. here's, they have successfully remember, flattened the curve because of a lot of things, their leadership, their compliance, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We have not. I think – you remember like how the, there was the murder hornets? Remember that? Yeah. Like there's, right? The thing with the murder hornets is – you see it, you go, that's crazy, but I'll probably never encounter a murder hornet. And I haven't, and I don't know anybody that's encountered a murder hornet. Right. That's how people are treating COVID. Yes. yes. And but until there's a spike in your hometown or in your meat plant, when you know someone who has died, that's when you take it seriously. Guess what? Unfortunately, and I'm sorry to say it, that's too late, people. You have to listen to the doctors and the scientists and the curve. And because we haven't, we may have pissed away our opportunity to figure this out in a way that actually works for anybody. I'm sorry to be pessimistic about this. You wanted my confidence meter? It's dropping to zero, Kev. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line uh, right here on Sports Grid. We're giving you the edge. We don't know if there's going to be sports that give you the edge on anymore. You know, I, I, Kev, it's just that as I take a step back, you're right. Some sports are handling it different than others, prioritizing different legs of the stool, as it were. But, like, maybe. Maybe they shouldn't just take on all this risk. I understand for normalcy. I understand, like, you know, in 2008, there were some banks that were, like, too big to fail, and the NFL is, like, too much money involved to fail. I get it. But maybe, and I'm not even saying that I'm officially at this position yet, but maybe it's just too complex of a question to have an answer that has to be a union-wide answer for all the constituents and stakeholders. Maybe there is no answer, and the right move is to stay dark until there's a vaccine. I mean, like, I'm, I, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. I don't hope for that. But, like, there's no answer here that is 100%. Like, some group of people will have some valid concerns about this, whether it's financial, health-wise, travel-wise, logistic-wise, you know, the CBA for the future. All of these things, you know, they're kind of valid concerns. I mean, if I was the owners, I wouldn't want to lose a ton of money either. If I was a player, I wouldn't want to fly into Orlando either. If I was a baseball player, I wouldn't want to be without my family for four months either. You know, so, like, sometimes if there's no good solution... You stop trying to force one and you just take the L and keep it moving. Like, I maybe have growing confidence that that's the right answer. Yeah, I, I think where I've kind of always landed on on that spectrum is that I just can't, like, while, while acknowledging all of these health risks, health risks that are going on, I also don't think it's fair to dismiss the financial implications that, exist within sports i, I don't sure. now again i'm not telling you that i feel great about it 
right? I'm not sitting here with the I want to get back to work stuff yeah. that you hear from a lot of people. It's not about that. My point is, this isn't easy. I, I think a lot of times, and I guess this is the best way I can put it. I think a lot of times people like to act like this is easy through a tweet. They go, just shut it down. Right. Hey, not that easy. Now, there's also the people who have now, throughout this entire process, ignored what's been going on and go, just open it up already. Also an awful suggestion. And I guess the, the, the issue here is, Dave, everything maybe is an awful suggestion. Yeah. But it's both ways, yeah. right? Like shutting it down. And every has these claim is serious. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's the one thing that I've that I've I've tried to to you know preach with be on here, talking to different yeah. people, is like this is the best time to just listen. If you hear someone say something, right? Take a minute, digest it. Why? Like Kyrie Irving, right? That whole I mean, it's the best example I've seen. People saw, right, and they went, oh, my God, basketball is going to be taken away. I just thought I was getting it back, and they just went on the attack. They went on the attack. They go, oh, he's a flat earther. We can never take this guy serious. He's not going. Hey, let's ignore the fact that he's a part of the Players Association's, like, executive board. Like, and then, and nobody even listened to what he said. They spent the whole time discrediting what was being said. and The like, messenger, not the message, yeah. Right, and then you just, you don't achieve anything because you're not then understanding. And this is a time, man, if there was ever a time, at least in my life, <laughs> where it was a time to be understanding, right? Yeah. It is now. Yeah. It is right now. So when it comes to this, like, again, I can't sit here. I can tell you that Rob Manfred has consistently fumbled this because there are other leagues doing Hey, Dave, let me ask you this, right? We're, we're neither one of us are massive NHL fans. Go ahead. Fire away. If, if the NHL were having this messy of a time, we'd know about it. We would. We would MLS almost locked out, and yeah. we didn't know about it. And I think, <laughs> so I think there's still a, there's we still a gap between looking at how that sausage was made. But, yeah, I, you're was, right. I, I hear you, Kev. I do. And it, like – and I think that's part of why from the beginning I was like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, someone's going to not feel good about this, you know, because there has been so changing. We do have so many different perspectives. There is the push and pull of, you know, the financial implications with the health concerns and the tone of negotiations and the relationship for the short term and the longer term. It's a very complex issue. But let me talk about something else that I guess is a piece of this issue, but something that we can have a little bit more fun with. You know, Remember how also in the baseball proposal, there was the idea of the universal DH. We talked about things like the Pirates and the Braves switching that your boy now Nightingale said, and we don't know about that. But Check out what I also heard that Manfred is entertaining because we've always said, right, Kev, we've always said this is the time to tinker, right? The NBA was going to do a World Cup style draw at one point, right? This is the time to tinker. Uh, The NBA may start on Christmas Day like it's always wanted to, the DH, you know. So there are a couple of things that have been in the conversation, okay, that are tried at like the World Baseball Classic, in the independent leagues. I'm not talking about the robot umpires. What I'm talking about are two things that Manfred has put back on the table, it seems like. One is um, in extra innings, starting with a man on second base, okay? Um, The goal there would try to be getting runs scored. I think the goal ultimately is because in this way, if there's going to be double headers and all this stuff, you can't wind up having a 17-inning game, especially in this kind of condensed season, the the impact it would have. So that's kind of the context or the reason, the premise of why we can tinker with this sort of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea of putting a runner on second base, like they do, I believe, in the World Baseball Classic, after like the 11th inning or something like that, to try to end it. And then also... The idea of call it a tie. Call it a tie. Let's not waste up pitching rotations when they're not going to have off days or we're going to have double headers. Call it a tie. I think that's interesting. You would take extra innings away. It would be games would be managed a lot differently, right? Do you bring in the lefty to face this guy? Do you bring in your pinch runner? Are you using your third catcher? You know, are you pinch hitting for this guy or waiting for the next time through the lineup? 
What I also will ask you, our partners at FanDuel have win total bets up, win percentage bets up. What happens if a tie does get implemented and I just clicked a button saying that the Yankees are going to be over 57% winning percentage or I'm holding a win total bet and then ties are introduced to Major League Baseball. So two questions. One, do you like these things potentially finding its way into baseball? And two, how would you then handle it with some of the existing handle that's out there? Yeah, so, and if this was a normal year, I think ties in baseball, while I understand people bringing them up, one of my favorite games in recent memory uh, in terms of uh, baseball was a Twins-Yankees game that went like 17 deep, something like that. Aaron Hicks made that crazy catch to close the game. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it was up at all, right? Like, if you're up and you're watching one of those extra innings games, it's fun. Like, it's an extra it's, World Series game, Astros Dodgers, where they both yeah. it was like eleven to ten at the end. I think it was game four a couple of years ago. You ever like, and also too, like I always loved as a kid. Like, you wake up, right? You turn sports on right before you go to, you know, you're going to school, and you're like, wow, they played twenty innings last night. That's wild. Like, no, I'm cool with extra innings. Under these circumstances, though, yeah, slap a tie, slap a tie. I personally think that that runner on second stuff super wonky i i'm not a fan of that if people are if people thinking maybe it's the the right way to go about it okay but you know for me it's it's way too gimmicky mm-hmm. but I, I i could get behind a tie listen deal with it we are not in normal circumstances here we you know what we can't do a 19 inning game in the postseason obviously we're not going to have a tie obviously all right, right, right. but yeah, I, I think this is the – I think it – for me at least, Dane, I, I think it's the best move. All right, so you're on it. You're okay on ties as opposed to some of the other more like creative or wonky kind of solutions. Can I bounce one off of you? Oh, boy. I'm glad I, – I had a feeling you had one. This is Commissioner good. Martinez, I do have one. I'm glad. Do. What do we got? All right, so you play my team, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the home team, mm-hmm. okay? We're tied after nine innings, okay? Mm-hmm. You get up in the top of the 10th. Okay. You are not up until you have three outs. You are up until you score a run. Oh, jeez. And if it takes you five batters to score a run, then that's the end of your half inning. If it took you five batters to score the run, then me as the home team, I got to score a run in four batters. If I do, I win. If I don't, I lose. Yeah. End of story. So it won't go on forever. It won't yeah. go on forever. And you take it and, you know, it takes you seven batters to score a run. Cool. Then I have six to score the run. If I do, I win. If I don't, I lose. Um, that's always been my point of view. I always, I also believe that in football, the captains in overtime, the captain should come out and you and I should bid. And it should be like, I can, I can score starting on your 35-yard line. And you say, no, 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 I can score starting on your 40-yard line. And I say, Go ahead, try and score then. <laughs> right? yeah. And if you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. I've always loved that name, that tune aspect of it all. But uh, is that too wonky for you, Kev? Yeah, a little bit. A little right. bit. Um, right. I think, so I get it, right? It'd be interesting. I think that there's two issues. One, teams getting the runs in the sack in the exact same number of batters, sure. which I know is ridiculous, but you know You hit that happen. leadoff home run to start the 10th. Woo! Is the pressure on? Right. Then you could just walk my leadoff batter. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother. Yeah. Right. Throw four. All right, we're done here. I also though, like, I don't know how you handle the team in the top of the tenth getting like perfect game. I don't know how you handle that. Yeah. Like, you I know mean, what I mean? Sure. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that would I mean, become a, not a foolproof plan, Kev. Right. No, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I, I think, I think for the for these circumstances, I I go with the tie. Um. I just now I don't know like you know I would argue I would argue you're more of a baseball purist than I am. Um, I don't know if, if for you the idea of a baseball game ending in a tie is like unacceptable, but and maybe listen if you wanted to say we'll play eleven or we'll That's play twelve, say, I I, okay I would call it. I would actually even go higher than eleven, but I would establish some back some line maybe twelve right because three innings it's a nine inning game another three innings. Yeah. Um, 
I might be comfortable with calling it a tie after a certain period of time because I, I buy into, I understand, especially in this context, you can't stretch everyone too thin with games and no off days and all that stuff. I understand that. So there, I think there has to be a limit at some point, especially in this context. How creative we are about it is a different question. When we come back, though, we turn our attention to college football which for many reasons is the most complicated of all. Why? Because they're not professionals, people. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's the early line right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line. Kevin and I, you know, and I feel like we're pouring cold water over the world right now here in hour one because we're being a very pessimistic approach. But I don't know. Maybe it's not pessimistic. Maybe it's actually more realistic than most, Kev, right? Because in a tweet, I think you're right. You can't oversimplify it, right? And you also can't dismiss uh, what are valid concerns, right? So we're trying to be realistic about this. And I saw... um, that the University of Clemson, right, one of the biggest powerhouses in college football, are starting to test their staff and their athletes. And that's what's happening, right? That's part of a return to play. In baseball, we're starting to test people. And, oh, the Angels are testing positive. And, oh, Phillies are testing positive. We're starting to test people in the NFL. Oh, clusters of Texans and Cowboys are testing positive. What do you know? I bet we're going to start to get the same thing when that starts happening in the bubble in the NBA as well. How big it is, I'm not sure. I hope. It's really, really low, but there's no reason for us to assume that that's going to be the case. The University of Clemson, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, you know, tested 315, not only athletes, right, but but staff, Mm -hmm. uh, university personnel, the athletic department, Mm -hmm. in essence. And remember, the virus don't care if you're 22 or 54 or black or white or male or female. And, you know, there's going to be athletes. There's going to be a coaches. There's going to be equipment managers. This is all part of what makes up a program. And in those 315 people that were tested, Kevin, 20 some odd were positive. We figured it out. That's a rate of like eight or nine percent. Mm-hmm. OK, so and maybe this was a. uh more infected spot than usual, or maybe it was less. I don't know. But if we can understand that it's possible that 10% of any group you're testing, whether you're the San Francisco 49ers, whether you're, you know, you and I and New York, it doesn't matter. I think we may be underselling how big of a deal this could be and what like the protocols are in place. Remember we talked about like the isolation hotel for mm-hmm. the NBA on the wide world of sports. I think just the sheer percentage of it raises issues for me, but then also the idea of how college kids and colleges and universities are by definition non-unionized and not professional means for me this is a whole host of other things because kids ain't even coming to campus. If Clemson University is not open for classes, how are they going to be open for a socially distant football contender? This, to me, has to be the most difficult situation that anyone will have to deal with. And right now, this is something that is seemingly becoming a bit of an issue in college football. Texas had 13 football players that tested positive. Houston had to cancel their voluntary workouts after it wasn't testing players. And then they had six positive tests. SMU had five positive athletes. And then we've also had Kansas State, Alabama, and Michigan, all with uh, players testing positive for COVID. It's a point very similar to the one that I made to you around the NFL, is that just like the NFL, college football wasn't impacted by COVID at first, the yeah. way everybody else was. Now, again, those that went into the draft were, right? But, like, Dabo Sweeney ran through his season, right? Went to a national championship game, you know, like, and, every, yep. and everything was good to go. So I think it's really, really interesting um, that but the idea of football wasn't hit enough for them maybe to take it serious enough. Now, maybe this is just the nature of – you know, once you test more, we're going to find more, this, that, and the third. Yeah. The proximity issue that exists in football, 
is right there, though. The lack, uh, the time frame that exists in the NFL that is potentially an issue exists in college football. Yep. But in the NFL, like we talk about a bubble, maybe. We can at least entertain the very difficult idea that it would take to pull that off, right? Because the NFL has so much money. I don't know how you take a college football team into a bubble. Like no. they're still they're still supposed to be students. Supposedly. <laughs> right? They're still students. You can't isolate them from everybody because it's a school. You can't say, oh, only athletes allowed on campus. Hey, that'll right. never be acceptable. Right. Like the risk is not enough for all the students. However, we're gonna have our student athletes take on the risk. Tell me that doesn't seem a little bit more like some of the things we were just celebrating for Juneteenth, using these players in this way for the almighty dollar. Their health is less important than the general student population. And it would go the other way, though, if they were like, listen, we can only have certain number of people and it remains safe. So it'll be athletes only and you all have to stay home. Right. Like that's a whole thing. Also, college sports and I would say a, a lot like college football, they need their gates. I mean, yeah. right. Like Michigan's have like 100,000 people show up at every single game for X number of years. Like, right. Yeah. Like. They need that money, and that money goes yes. into an athletic department that needs they that don't money need that. The to entire survive. athletic department needs exactly. that money. The women's volleyball team needs that money. That's yep. why when some of these small schools, right, these like yep. Northeast Dakota State has that game at Alabama when yep. there's a sacrificial lamb and they go down 57 to nothing, that funds the entire university's ac uh, athletic department for the year. Yup, and now you won't be able to get that money. Oh, by the way, if they say, listen, I'm not going to come, I don't feel safe, right? Okay, so an athlete can take that risk and they don't get paid. Oh, there's no pay for these athletes. You're going to take their scholarship away? And there's no you. Oh, that, oh, that's a slippery slope. If you start yanking scholarships, right. that's, I, don't know, I don't know if that's something. Because they decide to not take on the risk <laughs> to I mean, play I, college, I, I, I don't, you yeah. know, whatever. I don't know if that's something that is even remotely plausible. What happens if they get cut off in the middle of a season? Like, it's not like they're going to be able to pick it back up next year, right? I'm graduating. I'm not getting out. No, like this is, this is totally irrelevant to me. And the only other option that I could offer to you is they push back the start of college football, a winter sport, a spring sport, hope that things are normal by then. Well, how does that then work for, the, for college football players to stay in college football shape for a spring sport and then have the draft while they still have a game coming up against Clemson. You see how that doesn't work. You, yes. see, how, you see how impossible this is? And this is the thing. These are the surface level issues that you and I are able to identify. Right. A disaster is seemingly on the hands of college football specifically. And that's why I was saying, like, we, I, you know, a long time ago, I was always like, we don't know what we don't know. Someone's going to say something, right? We didn't know that Mike D'Antoni was going to be the flag bearer, right, for ageism and health rights. We didn't know that was going to happen. And all of a sudden, that's a big sticking point. You're absolutely right, you know, when you throw the, the hurdle of college in. And remember, different conferences feel differently about this, you know? And then there's oh, the yeah. idea of like, oh, what if some schools open up and others don't? There is no normed body here. This is not like the NBA, right? The NCAA is just a mishmash of the conferences that they're members of, right? And then they all have ADs, and they all are in different states with different local governments. There is no union, despite what the athletes at Northwestern tried about seven years ago. And so that is why I agree with you, you know, in the same way that I've said this like blanket idea of us deciding your health records and if you can come to the NBA bubble or not takes that right away. They can't mess with this and dictate to college kids what to do. They're not professionals despite the fact that they're cash cows for the university. And as you mentioned, there's no union. Yeah. So the idea, like they have to look out for themselves <laughs> Right. Well, okay. So I actually had that conversation with someone the other day. 
I said, what happens when the boosters say, if you don't give me a football product, I'm pulling all of my, I'm pulling all of my funding. Now what? Like, it's the same thing as when uh, a regional contract television network says, hey, if you don't give me my 60 games, I'm pulling some money. And so like, again, and the reason why this gets massively complicated is because you have to take into account the other students at the school, the fact that they have no union, they're not being paid, you can't up and move them. Oh, and by the way, they might be leaving next year. And if you're so, I mean, look, let's just call it what it is, right? If you're Trevor Lawrence, if you're right. Justin Fields, right? Right. You don't need to assume any of this risk. Nope. Trevor Lawrence would, would have been the first overall pick in, in, in the draft. Well, that's the yeah. performance. Like, Trevor Hell Lawrence yeah. would have been the first overall I'll pick. I'll stay at home and work out for the next four months. I mean, the, the thing is, like, now, the, but, the, but the other issue with this is there are athletes that need this upcoming college football Absolutely. season to be able to go out there and do enough to get themselves drafted next year to have an opportunity to make a living that way. Like, Jeff, there's five-star recruits in high school or three-star recruits in high school that need this season to get recruited. We'll never know about the recruiting right. class this year. Right. They didn't get to finish their high school senior year even. And look, and this is why, though, because I because uh, I also want to bring those points up. I'm not, again, I'm not sitting here telling you college football's done, deal with it, obviously. No, this is just an awful, awful situation that I don't know how they figure out. Would I hope that I get to watch a Notre Dame football game this year? Would love to. Would be super excited. Am I expecting it, though? Right. And I think that's part of it. Right. And that's kind of where I said before, as it related to the NFL, the first fork in the road is, are you ready to swallow hard and stomach what's about to come? You know what I mean? Like that is to me the first decision, because I agree with you. You can't really start and stop. You're either shoving all in or not. You know, you're either like, we're doing this and you have to understand that there's going to be some horrible decisions that have to be made that are insensitive to people's livelihoods or health or money or whatever, right? Your other option is to back on up and take the other fork in the road that we don't do this this year. You know, and that's why I, and I'm, I'm starting to tell people, hey, zoom out a little bit. Is this an impossible thing to figure out? I don't know that my answer to that is yes, because MLS is going to give it a shot. We've seen it in Europe. But again, that's a different context than what we have here in America. We have not flattened the curve in this country. The dangers are still as real as they were in Europe when they weren't playing soccer or playing any sports. That's the level of risk and danger that is still, Kevin, present in this country, unfortunately, and everyone can argue about why and who and what, when and where, but it's the fact. We are still in an environment in this country where when anybody else in the world was in that environment, they did not play sports. Mm -hmm. We're trying to play sports. So I think it is now a valid question to back up and say, should we even go down this road any further, given where we are with the primary issue, which is the pandemic, at hand. In hour number two, though, because we've played out the NFL season, we're going to keep going as though we've played out that NFL season with all of Kevin's roster resets. And given that, what does that mean for some futures bets? Playoff win no's. Yes, no's. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.